Vegas is your place for all things Grand Rapids Griffins and all things Toledo Walleye. This is the Hockey Town West Podcast with your host, Brandon Cook and Nick Harrington. And welcome back to the Hockey Town West Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm Nick. But happy Tuesday, sir. How are you doing, man? Uh, disappointed. I wish Why? we would have got this game tonight. Cleveland, it's it's so crazy, but yeah. Had a good day off. Ready to watch some hockey. Ready to talk some hockey. Yeah, it's true. We do have the Red Wings on. I think you have it on your TV, right? Uh, I did, and I turned it off. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, you get distracted easily. That <laughs> <laughs> just band is five seconds, so... <laughs> Uh, the Wings are playing the Oilers, and the Griffins just wrapped up playing the Cleveland Monsters down in Cleveland. And as Nick alluded to, it was an unfortunate result as they dropped this one in the shootout. Third game in a row with a freaking shootout. So Legitimately weird. cannot take this anymore. Yeah, it's so strange. Like We have not had this many shootouts. One, three in a row. And it's like, we didn't have that in the beginning of the season. I think we only had like one or two sprinkled in there. And now it's just, I don't know what the guys are doing. I just turn it on in the third period to try to tie it, take it to shootout. It's not a good game plan. I mean, they're a third period team, clearly. I mean, they continue to play extremely well in the third. They start off okay. The second period's rough, at least right now. And the third period's just some of the best hockey they could ever play. And then over time, they play well, and then the shootout, it's it's a guessing game at this point. It could be either team. I mean, when you're playing a team like Cleveland with some of the shooters they have, it's not the place you want to be at, unfortunately. Not that we don't have shooters on our team, but Cleveland's got some shooters. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. And I I was I did my run this morning, and I'm just sitting there I'm like, we play Cleveland today. Trey fix Wolanski. How many points is he going to end up getting tonight on us? And uh, I mean, we did a pretty good job of shutting him down until the shootout. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they kept him off the score sheet for the entire game. He does get a goal in the shootout, which Trey, Trey fixed Wolanski one-on-one with your goaltender. It, it, nine times out of ten, it's going to it's gonna end, end up in the back of the net. Like, he's an incredible player. He's what Cleveland's all-time scorer. Like, he's he's no slouch by any means. And But to keep him off the score sheet in the game, when they weren't playing top-tier hockey, the Griffins weren't, like, that's a that's an accomplishment, I guess we can say that. I think we kind of kept most of their big guys off the off the score sheet, except for Meyer. You know, he got his 19th goal of the season. But outside yeah. of that, a lot of the guys who usually cause us problems were silenced tonight, which is good. I mean, it's this game was it started really weird, to be honest with you. Like the first, the Griffins came out in the first period and just took it to them. Uh, there was at one point it was like seven, seven or nine shots to three. And then Cleveland got on the board, like not on the board, but they started putting some pressure on the last three minutes of the, the period to really bring it to the Griffins. Um, so, like, I mean, they start so well in a like second period is they just kind of showed up, you know, like that's what we've been seeing. Um, and I literally, I thought Cleveland outplayed them that second period, which I mean, they scored, they, they scored two goals uh, on us. And one was like that first period went by pretty fast. It was a pretty quick period. Um, I mean, two penalties. Yeah, one on year check as well for Cleveland, but it went really fast. I think it only took like 20 minutes. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> which, which is pretty fast. 
But the second, see, like it took forever. I mean, there was a lot of penalties, and then you had the uh, the goal being reviewed that took forever. Uh, but yeah, I, I think defensively, like we just did not play well in that second period. Um, and I thought, like, I thought Cleveland really outplayed us. But even the shots, Grand Rapids had fourteen to twelve. Yeah. I mean, so let's dive into it a little more here. You know, so the first period, like you said, the Griffins did come out strong. They outshot Cleveland 10 to 7 in that period. They did fall back a little bit, but keeping them scoreless and that one was good, low in the penalty count. In the second period, it seems like all hell broke loose. Like, I didn't get to watch this full game, unfortunately. Work got in the way tonight. You were covering the game tonight. Thank you again for that. Uh, but I mean, lots of penalties, lots of roughing. And I know one Mr. Zach Aston Reese absolutely killed a guy. Like, yeah, that was oh, <laughs> I saw this. So he lined this up perfectly. Just, just trucked a guy um, right into the boards. Uh, it was, it was fantastic. And I'm like, I don't know how they didn't call a penalty on him. Which, uh, looking back, I turned the, I turned the sound off on this game because Bob wasn't there. He's covered the wings. Uh, it's, it was tough to listen to for Cleveland. And the other thing that's really tough to watch the Cleveland games is that. They'll be playing, and then all of a sudden they cut to review, like while oh, the game God, is going. So it's like, okay, what happened? Well, what's going on? Why are you playing replays while the game is going on? Like while we're in a as crucial moment of play, they cut it right to replay. So like it was, it's it was tough to follow. It's even tougher for me to follow uh, <laughs> as somebody who has a short attention span. But um, yeah, the. I'm trying to think. I remember the Didier. Didier came in and I can't remember. He was cleaning up. I clipped it. Um, so it's out there on Twitter. But he, he came in after and like really roughed a guy up. I can't remember why. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it got chippy. And I think that's really like the key part of the game is Grand Rapids had six power plays and didn't convert on any of them. Uh, yeah. Cleveland and Cleveland had three. And they didn't convert on any of them either. Like it was just that that's the game right there. If they would have converted on one or two of those, boom, there we are. But a lot of times like uh, Grand Rapids was going down and they couldn't get anything set up. Just nothing. Uh, in that second period, it, it was, it was tough for both teams to be able to get anything going. Yeah. I mean, that's what stood out to me. Like I said, I didn't get to see the full game. I got to catch the end of it, but seeing over six on the power play, I mean, over, or keeping Cleveland to over three on the power play was good, but, over six like in a game that goes to a shootout that's that's not good like that's going to be the topic of conversation i'm sure in practice for the rest of this week leading up to playing against cleveland again this this friday at home like hopefully power plays is in the practice uh practice log there for them like this that, that can't happen we can't let that happen and that's been like a thing that's ongoing like this whole season like they get really good and then they get really cold then they get really good and it, we're back to over six, which usually doesn't last long, which is good. I don't think it, this will last long either. I mean, Cleveland's penalty kill is not like top of the league by any means. So it's really weird to see that. And it is a short turnaround from Saturday to Tuesday for them, uh, which, you know, according to some of them, that's what they like. They don't like that long waiting period. Right. But it looks like they did come out a little flat footed in this one, except for dominating Cleveland. But your special teams going that bad. You can't have that and expect to win a game, especially one that's this close against a team that every game this season has been so darn close, except for when we blew about on New Year's Eve. 
Yeah, that's the only one. A five to one game. And then the other one was the puck incident, right? We don't talk about the puck incident. We don't talk about that. <laughs> like we don't talk about Fight Club. We don't talk about the puck incident. Dang it. Uh but I mean the third period came around. I mean, they they go into that, they're down two nothing, and you know what to expect with the Griffins in the third. They're gonna turn on everything they possibly can, outshoot Cleveland twelve to eight in this one. And you know, two important players in this team score goals to tie this game up. So you obviously had Jonathan Berggren gets his 15th of the season. Guy's just he's having too much fun right now, man. Like there's no way. He's, he's playing nice. some incredible hockey. He just snipes this puck too. Like it, the pace of play in the third period was nuts. It was back and forth. It was like me and Travis were talking. It's a lot like Toledo, like just back and forth, back and forth, four out three, three out four. Like it was just continually going back and forth between the on both sides of the ice. So, I mean, it, this one, Bergie shot just from like the half circle. I don't know if Jack Greaves was was uh screened on this or what but he just he gets it from a little past that face-off circle and just rips it into that top right it was it was a beautiful goal and it's not something like we've seen recently with Bergie either yeah i mean that's he can snipe the puck man like that's what it all boils down to is he can snipe it and Remind you, Jet Greaves is no slouch of a goaltender either. We we picked on him a lot last season, but the kid is having an incredible year this year in Cleveland. He was an AHL All-Star. He's playing some fantastic hockey. I mean, tonight was his 31st game of the season he's played. Like Jeez. They are just riding this goaltender this season. And he's still got a 2.94 goals against and a .906 save percentage. Like He's playing really well. He's almost faced, he's almost faced 1,000 shots this season. Oh, it might be one of tonight. the highest. Yeah, it might be one of the highest shots uh, against stats in the uh, close. There's a guy with a thousand, so he's close. He's close to the top there. But for Bergy to be able to snipe it like that, and maybe he had some practice during the All Star weekend. You know, maybe he got some practice on him, and he was able to do that there. But then the next guy that scores for Grand Rapids is a guy we've been looking to get back on the score sheet here. He's been playing really sound defensively, but. We're waiting for that offense to kind of click again. And Antti Tuomisto, assisted by Lombardi and Spezia, he hits himself his fourth of the season. And what a little goal for him. It's it's nice to see him get back in the goal column. Yeah, this was an absolute snipe, too, from the other side. <laughs> On the other side of the ice. <laughs> I had just finished getting the Berge goal up there, and then Antti scores during that time. So, uh, yeah, just another snipe face-off circle right around that same dot, or the other side of the, the ice um, on that side. But it was... It was crazy because I'm like, oh, do we see a comeback now with the Bergie goal? And then Tuo ties it while I'm posting that one. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, I, there was only, what, a little less than four minutes left to the, in the game. And I'm like, can we seal it here? Can we get this win and, you know, get on get on with it? Yeah, I mean, there's was, there was about a minute and ten seconds apart there to get the game tied with about five minutes left in the game. Like, that's sick. That's exactly what they needed to do. But, yeah, this was... uh. It, it's a sucky result at the end, right? You see a comeback like that. You go to overtime and nothing really happens in overtime besides Grand Rapids put six shots on goal in overtime. They just couldn't find the back of the net. And that's six shots on goal. I think they missed the net about six more times on top of that. Like they had possession for almost the full time. They did have a power play in overtime. So that does help. Um, yeah. And Trey Fix Wolanski is the one that ended up in the box on that penalty there. So that also helps when you remove him from the ice in a three on three situation. But they can't close the deal there. 
shootout happens. Tim Gettinger goes first, and I think the coach understands that Tim Gettinger might be a shootout specialist as he scores. Like he said, you know, he didn't know he had that in him in the first shootout of the weekend. Uh, I think he's uh, solidified himself at least as the first or second shooter easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see it go in. I I was super confused because I'm watching it. He doesn't celebrate. There's no selling on it. There's no, like, announce. Well, I didn't have to sound on So, uh, But it did, like, look that he had scored. Uh, they didn't have the e-bug on there either, so I can't tell where we're at with the uh, with the the shooters and the goals. So uh, for me, it was it, I, I didn't even clip it because I couldn't. I didn't know it even went in. I don't know what I hate more is Rockford's camera angle when we're watching away games there, or Cleveland's just entire setup. I can't. Decide. Or Belleville. That was the other one that I was like, oh, I just don't know if I can do this anymore with. <laughs> These two teams. Hey, man, low budget when there's only 800 people in the seats, okay? (laughs) Was that it? Sorry. It was something like that. It felt like the first night there. Um, But obviously, Gettinger scores. Trey Fixelansky is up next for Cleveland. He beats Hutch. That's not a surprise there. Amadeus Lombardi goes second for Grand Rapids. He can't get past Greaves there. That's unfortunate. It It was not a crazy move or anything. He kept it pretty simple, but he couldn't get past him. And then Pythia goes for Cleveland. He scores, puts all the pressure on Berggren, and Berggren gets it just wide or hits the post. I'm sorry. He hit the post on that one. And uh, Cleveland walks away with a win here. And, yes, it sucks. The road winning streak's over. They couldn't extend extend it to a franchise record eight wins. It would have been a franchise record. And But on the positive side, the point streak continues. They've gotten a point in the last ten games now in a row. Which, seeing some of the teams we've played against, that's pretty impressive. Remember, Cleveland's the top of their division. Like this isn't this isn't a nobody team that we're walking in and playing with on a on a Tuesday night because they only play Grand Rapids on Tuesday nights in Cleveland. But yeah. to have back to back games against these guys, and we we got a point, and now we have the opportunity to go steal two more on Friday. Out of division games, these are important, especially when your entire division's also playing on the same night, <laughs> except for one team. Um, which unfortunately those games don't look that they've gone our favor in our favor either. But well, it did um, the Rockford game. Oh! Rockford won, so they came back and won in overtime. So that did help us. The so Texas um, and us stay tied again. Yeah, they got the point. So that didn't work. But Milwaukee went out of that was fifteen. Fifteen wins in a row now. Like I've got to tip my cap to them, man. Like that's freaking impressive. I hope we're the team that gets to crush it. I hope we are. <laughs> I love nothing more than that. But also, we don't play them for a while, so please lose between now and then. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Right. But I mean, overall, like who stood out to you? Who stood out to you tonight for Grand Rapids? Like who was that guy that you're like, yep, player of the game for Grand Rapids? Oh, uh, I know I, I put you on the non- spot. I had a non-player of the game, to be honest with you. We'll get there. Um. Elmer had a good, a couple good opportunities tonight. To be honest with you, uh, being open, he, I mean, Elmer played a good game tonight. Your other one, I would say, is maybe, yeah, I would say Elmer. Elmer played a good game. That stood out. That play that he had made. Um, I think Tara was there too. Um, to give him an open that. Uh, open opportunity, like right? one I want with the goalie in the middle of the ice. So that was a good opportunity in the offensive zone. But um, yeah, like 
it's hard for me to say who who actually played well um because the bad really stood out to me you know we'll get we'll get there we'll get there but yeah i'm glad you called out elmer because in the little bits and pieces i was able to catch because i definitely had it up on my phone while i was still working and trying to watch a little bit but i noticed elmer he was noticeable in the little bits I was catching. And usually before in a full game, it was hard to notice him. So seeing him in just in bits and pieces and still seeing that he was standing out, not just because he's tall, but like seeing that he was out there making the right plays and he's been super consistent lately. Yeah. I, I I'm glad you called that out. Cause I think he is playing some really good hockey. Someone asked you before the game is like this, the consistent streak. He starts to kind of get back in that NHL conversation and, Granted, he's not NHL ready right now by any means, but it's giving me hope that something's not lost there, that there still is potential for him to become that guy again. So if he continues this through the end of the season, that's a discussion we'll have in our end of season recap is where where does he stand? But if he plays like this through the rest of the year into the playoffs and makes an impact, it's a conversation that I'm open to having. Another guy I wanted to point out because he did get an assist tonight he got in the score sheet. He's a plus one. And that was uh, William Volinder. You know, I think he's a guy who's really turned it on lately. And I think he's kind of going silently unnoticed as he's usually on the second or third pairing, most of the time the third pairing. But he's ex- extremely sound when he's on defense with the puck. But he's starting to find his offensive upside too. And on the if your third pairing defenseman is generating points every other or every two games, you're in a good spot. Like, that's not a bad bad thing at all but now on the opposite end of that spectrum when we're talking defensemen one of them had a rough game really rough game yeah and who was that sir yeah i would say tonight like i was screaming at my tv tonight uh cyber edmondson did not play very well at all there was a couple of times like there was one that he turned it over in the defensive zone and the guy just ripped the shot right at back at Hutchinson. And I'm like, if he's in the NHL and he does that, that's a goal. Like, that's a goal right against us. There's no way um, that Hutch, you know, that our goalie saves that. Uh, the other, the other play that stood out is like he either broke. I think he broke his stick, and uh, or he lost it. He's skating back, and there's a. It's like two on one, three on one, and he's going for a change, and he's just. Very slow, da 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 da, just skate back in la la land. And I'm like, you need to get off the ice or grab a stick. Like, let's go. You've got numbers coming against you. Um, and at that point, we're, we're down to nothing. Like, that could have been a, a game deciding goal right there of being over. So I think he's still like not playing a full 60 minutes. And it's just driving me nuts that. Nobody else is seeing this and nobody else is like mentioning this. It's just, it drives me nuts. It's like he has these like brain parts throughout the game of like, am I here? Am I not? Like, I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't, I don't know. His attention, his attention span is like mine, I'd say. <laughs> like, it's very oh, short. God. I, don't, I guess. Oh, I don't, no. I don't know We're what to say. Like, it's, it's not, he's not there. Um, I mean, like, on the flip side, like Bergie played a great game, you know, and he's like one of those people that kind of gets grouped in with Simon of like, you know, is he giving it his all? Yeah, I would say Bergie's like giving everything to this team right now. Like he's really stepped up into that role and he's really like trying. I mean, we did a goal and he got us one, you know, to put us within one. So like 
to see Simon just being lackadaisical still in the back, like it drives me nuts. It drives, and that was like one of his big things against him too in the in the draft is like he, he's he has all the confidence in the world he could do it, but he doesn't do it. Like <laughs> he has. Reminds been able me to, of someone. Yeah, it, it, that's what it is. Like it drives me nuts. It's it, <laughs> it stands out so much to me, and that's not what you want to do when you're def- like when you're a defenseman is stand out, right? It reminds me of a player. And I don't want to say the name, and I know you know exactly who I'm talking about. Martin Frick. Uh, no, <laughs> Anthony Mantha. <laughs> I know. It's the same thing I saw at Grand Rapids all throughout his development. These incredible games where he blows your mind, and then these games where he's standing there, and you're just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What is going on? And yet, there's still the question mark beside around who if need be, gets a call-up between him or Johansson on defense. I'm sorry. The more I see this, the more it's time to give Albert that turn at some point, man. He can't. Simon can't keep doing this stuff because that's the stuff that's going to stick around. Like, you can make mistakes. You can have rough games. Every player is going to have a rough game. You're not going to be perfect. But when it's something, when when it's a difference of skill and will, like, are you really trying your hardest? That's a concern. And like you said, Bergy, you know, we had question marks around Bergy's attitude and want to be here in the beginning of the season. There's no question marks around that anymore. This kid wants to be here. He wants to win when he's here. He wants to be in Detroit, obviously, but while he's here, he's giving it 150% every night, day in, day out. Simon Edmondson, there'll be nights where he's giving 110%, and there's nights where he's at 75. Yeah, it's... I, d- I don't understand. And is there a small injury we don't know about? Maybe. I mean, we're 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 just two dudes talking about this, you know. It could be nothing. It could be something, but it's noticeable. Very noticeable. I mean, even our even in our group chat, like somebody else had said the same thing. It's like uh, it's just I don't I don't understand what it is. Like, why does he not shake this like reputation off? You know what I mean? Like. I feel like if somebody said this about me, like I would try harder to prove them wrong. You know what I mean? But he just kind of like checks in, checks out. Like I thought he was going to the bench to get a stick. I I literally thought he was going to the bench to get a stick. And he just, he just switched off. And I'm like, bro, you're you're leaving your team out to dry. So did he not get off the ice or did he just, he did. He got off the ice, but I was like, I thought he was going to get a stick because he broke it. So that was my thing of like, okay, if he's skating and he's getting a stick, he's going to join play. But no, he got off the ice and they had already was it crossed like an appropriate time for a line. Oh, so they already crossed into our zone. Oh, he's yeah. Just like, yay, bye. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it again and I'll send it to you. But I was just like, what the what the heck is going on here? I mean, granted, we're, we're both not players. We don't know the process, but at the same time. If NHL 23 or 24 taught me anything, you don't change lines when the other team's in your zone. (laughs) Coach gets mad. But again, like it's not just that one line change, right? It's, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of when he's on the ice, you just kind of like, you're not Ovechkin. You can't just stand in the circle and wait for the puck. Like that's not how this works. You gotta, you gotta go towards it and play and get to your position. You gotta play your position and chase the man down with the puck and, there's a lot of waiting recently, and 
don't know. He had he had that game against Belleville. He drops the gloves. He had a great game in that one. He had a great game after that. In the past couple have just been meh. Yeah. And then here's what, what we hope for is we talk some smack and boom, Friday night he lights it up four points, couple goals, you know. Uh, just, saying, so. just saying. Maybe, maybe but, he just plays better at home. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like Cleveland. Outside of that, man, any other final thoughts on tonight's game? I was surprised that Hutchinson started. I thought Kosa was going to start this game, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought that was I thought an Kosa interesting... started the last game. I, I just, I don't know. I just felt like it would have been Kosa's night. Tonight, Hutchinson didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. The goals... I have to like really dissect them a little bit more, but they won like they went around. It was the goal that was reviewed was really weird. So the goal it was really was, weird. Yeah, the goal post was off before they entered, like while they entered the zone. Um, so I don't know if they were talking about uh, because the goal post was off or if it was the hand pat, like that knockdown from Albert. So I don't know what they were reviewing. It would but, be the uh, goal post off, I can only assume. And the post, so the post was not on its mooring before when they entered the zone. Yeah, like there wasn't a, I didn't see that there was a kickoff or anything for him to be able to like to adjust it from the angle that I saw. So he had like came in on the side and then kind of went around, went around Hutch and then shot it in and the goal was like wide open. Um, So did he tuck it in by like that post or no? No, he went far post, so which was, I mean, the angle was way better there because the post was crooked, so he was able to get a, a better shot on it. Um, I did post, I did clip that. it, so it is there, but uh, it, that was a weird, I don't know, I don't know what Hutch was doing on that one, because then the other one looked kind of the same, too, of like, he was just kind of out of position, I don't know if he was just out of position or didn't track it well, I, I, don't, I don't know, it was just like two open net goals, basically. Yeah, I just kind of looking at it while you were talking there. I mean, that he does kind of put it over there. I don't know. That's a weird review. I understand why it took so long, but in my experience of watching hockey, usually if the post is off, the play is dead. Yeah. Hmm. So another another controversial goal for uh, Cleveland game. Classic. Who would have thought Friday night can only be a thriller? <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, man. Yeah. No other final thoughts for me in this one here. Like I said, it's a it's a bummer that they'll lose this way, but getting a point is crucial. Every point matters, and extending that point streak to 10 games in a row, it, it, it's it's huge. And we're still tied with Texas going into this weekend. So I'll I'll take that all day, honestly. I'm excited for what's what's to come here. The Griffins have two games coming into this weekend. They have at home uh, Friday against Cleveland and Saturday on the road in Rockford. So crucial, crucial games again. We assume Coast will get the start here in Grand Rapids on Friday and can assume that Hutch will get the start on Saturday in Rockford, which I'm okay with the way that's going to line up there. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited for it. Should be fun games. And like you said, against Cleveland, it's always something. It's always something. Well, we got to pivot to this uh, real quick here and talk about the news this week. So before we hit the ad break, there was two roster changes that were announced for Grand Rapids. One of them is kind of important uh, to us to talk about real quick because 
we interviewed a guy on Sunday, <laughs> Amadeus Lombardi, in case anybody didn't know. It's not like we haven't told everybody we know and talked to about this podcast. So we interviewed the guy. Great interview. Had a great time. And at one point in the interview, he mentioned, you know, Nolan Stevens being a mentor. And then all of a sudden it was the news broke right after right after we were done. Literally right after is that the Griffins were terminating his contract or putting him on waivers with the intention to terminate Nolan Stevens's contract. And we both went, uh oh, because with all the hockey world right now, your instant thought, unfortunately, when something like this happens, you instantly go, he did something bad. Oh, God. Yeah. But at the same time. We've always talked about how good this organization is, and we know like stuff like that really doesn't occur. But at the same time, not to implicate Amadeus in anything, since he mentioned Stevens was a mentor to him off the ice, just to be safe, we held off that interview release until 8 o'clock Monday night, just to be safe, just to look out for him and the team in case we needed to change anything. So that's why that one came out a little late. But... It was just found out that Nolan Stevens and the team just mutually agreed to part ways. He wasn't getting playing time, and I respect it. He thought, I think he thought he was going to come in and play a little bit bigger role on this team. And I think we all kind of thought he did too. And then Steve just kind of kept signing people, moving people, and everything happened the way it did. And, you know, the no hard feelings, it sounds like, between the team and him. And he's already found a landing spot literally the next day after that's announced get signed to go back to the Utica Comets and play with them where he'll play a much bigger role than what he would have played here. It is unfortunate. I think uh, I started to like him a little more on the ice. He was doing more. He started off the season really quiet, didn't really produce more. Past few games he did play, he did produce. And then hearing that he was like a mentor off the ice, you're like, oh man, that kind of sucks for the kids. But at the same time, good for Nolan. He found a spot. It's not like he's just out there floating in the air and I don't think we'll run into him unless we play Utica in the playoffs somehow, but who knows? It's crazy. Things have happened, right? Yeah. That, like that Sunday was just absolutely insane. Cause like we do the interview, we're like stoked. We're like, yeah, like that was, we thought it went really well. Um, like, thank you again. Thank you again, Amadeus uh, for coming on. And uh, the questions were really good. He, I mean, that's what he had mentioned with us. And uh, then like two minutes after, like, uh, we get we see the report from Tyler and uh, from MLive and we're like, uh, what do we do with this? And so, I mean, we wanted to do the right thing and we we reached out to the team and we're like, what do you want us to do? And they're like, just do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we like, should have known it wasn't bad. And that's where we kind of had the idea of like, OK, this isn't bad. Yeah. you ha- Did you have two edits ready or no? Oh, 100 percent. Just I case, was ready. Like I was so ready, because like so, again, like I said, we didn't want to implicate Amadeus in anything. Because if something had happened off ice, and he's talking about how he's been a mentor off ice, I was like, oh god, we're not putting the kid in this position. <laughs> yeah, it was it was tricky because you could like you went that way with it, I went a complete different way with it. And I'm like, well, like this might help him, so who knows? So, um, but it it's weird. I feel like it's weird timing for players to leave right now um, while we're on a winning streak, while we're geared for hopefully playoffs. Uh, it is strange to me, but at the same point, like if you want to play and you're not getting the time, like, all right, then it makes sense to leave. And he's played there a lot. So I was like, figure that maybe that yeah, he's played Utica really before and he's been a part of that organization before. So I'm not surprised to see him go back there and obviously find a landing spot there. You just hope he gets what he wanted out of the deal. And at the same time, you're like, you know, we've talked multiple weeks now, like 
when Matt Luff comes back, when Joel Esperance comes back, what does this lineup look like? And if we're talking about it, you know, the bottom bottom six guys are sitting there going, what does that mean for me? <laughs> so like, it's it sucks at the same time, but it's good that it ended mutually and everything is it is what it is now. And then it wasn't was a worst case scenario. No, exactly. And then today, you know, thinking it's going to be a nice quiet Tuesday, right? Uh, we you you text me while I'm working, and you're like, "Should I post the Jared news?" And I'm like, "What is this guy talking about?" So I called you, and you tell me Jared McIsaac was reassigned to the Swiss League. Like what? Yeah, I did this, not expect that. This was crazy. I just it, the wording on it is is strange and twitter kind of blew up with this like all of the red wings um pages and everything but uh reassigned so not terminated uh leaves the door open for him to come back uh, i mean he's only played 15 games he's got what four points it's not much uh he's he's dealt with injuries so it's hey you're not getting playing time we have people in the wings like ready to come up um detroit's deep on defense right now <laughs> which has been like probably the biggest complaint that everybody has right now, which is weird. Right. And then Grand Rapids is deep on defense as well. So it's like, Hey, if you want your chance, you want to go play, get your playing time, get some development, uh, go over to the Swedish league. Yeah. It's not our place to speculate and go, Oh, what does this mean? Or anything like that. And what, all, all we can say to what it means is Jared McIsaac's not on the Griffins. Currently he's going to play in the Swiss league. He's going to get playing time over there. I mean, for a defenseman who was a second round pick, he's only 23 years old. Like, got plenty of hockey left in him. Either this is a go find your game over there. If you can establish yourself on international ice, you should be able to, you know, figure it out here as well. But at the same time, it could also be, hey, we don't have space for you. We don't see, you know, this fitting into what we need this season. Go over there and light it up. Make a name for yourself and you'll find a landing spot somewhere else, maybe in the league, you know? It could be a whole lot of different things, but at the end of the day, he's still a Detroit contract. It leaves the door open, like you said, and he's going to go play some minutes uh, on a team that's not as deep with defense like the Griffins and the Red Wings are currently. And yeah, the what, there's no hard oh. feelings again between any of them, whatever way it shakes out. It's a, it sucks for McIsaac. You know, injuries kept without injuries, we don't know what he really could have been. You know. He could be sitting in the same spot as like a like a Justin Hall or a uh, Olimata or Jeff Petrie. <laughs> like he could he could be in that bottom three or the bottom two in Detroit though. Like it, it it's a reality with how well he played before he got injured and how everything just slowed down his development. You pair injuries with a shortened COVID season, like. The poor guy's been through it all. So hopefully he can get something together over there. And who knows? Maybe he just comes back and he's a rock star. So we'll just wait and see. And we'll, we'll keep, it gives us a reason to pay attention to the Swiss League for the rest of the season, I guess. But the one thing that I do want to mention, so he is an eligible, he is arbitration eligible, restricted free agent after the season. So chances are he's probably been told he's not going to qualify. He'd that kind of tells the story, right? Yeah. Like so. Are you like you can picture that conversation? Are you going to keep me buried here in Grand Rapids and watching games in the press box, or can you send me somewhere? Doesn't matter where. Don't don't care where. That I'm going to get some minutes in and can at least showcase my skills and maybe gain interest from another team. 
But that's it for roster moves this week. I didn't think we'd have a segment on that this early in the season, but I figured that was a, a summer topic. But here we are. It's not Pontus Andreasen or anything like that, you know, at the end of the season. It just happened middle of the season. But best of luck to Nolan, and hopefully Jared can get his uh, his game back there, and who knows what will happen. But with that being said, I think it's time for an ad break. What do you think? Yeah, we got to do it this week. Oh, no. All right, we'll send it over to DraftKings, and when we come back, it's Toledo Thursday time. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. With Patrick Cade, Alex Debrickett all back and ready for from the All-Star game, you've got good choices to make bets on them. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crowd is yours. Problem. Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467369. In Connecticut, help available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Bill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age raised by jurisdiction, Boyd in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome back. It's time to dive into our new segment, uh, Toledo Thursdays. So the walleye had back-to-back games against their arch enemy at this point. Like, yeah. This is this is crazy that we're even saying that these two teams like are like this right now, and that the Toledo Walleye struggled to play against the Kalamazoo K-Wings. Like, no, no offense to Kalamazoo, but like when you think of what you think of the Toledo Walleye right now. You think of them on just this other tier of ECHL hockey with the offense that they can produce, yet they've just lost their season series to Kalamazoo. Like, this team just continually has our number. I don't know if it was, you know, that they got to, we don't forget that there was two preseason games at the wall I got. They were both against the K-Wings as well. So, there's there's a long season history between these two teams at this point. It's crazy. It's crazy, but let's dive into it here. So Friday night, down in T-Town, the walleye taking on the K-Wings, and this was a close one, man. Kalamazoo came out and scored two goals God, a minute apart in the first, and then Toledo gets one on the board 13 minutes in the first. It was good. Sam Craggs is 23rd of the season. Jeez. But before the end of the first, Kalamazoo gets another one. And you're just like, okay, hold on here. They're down three to one already in the first period against the K-Wings. Where have we seen this before? Oh, almost half the other K-Wings games they've played this season. But second period, Hawkins, man, gets his 25th of the season. It's crazy that Craggs is catching him. Craggs is only two goals behind Brandon Hawkins. Maybe Brandon Hawkins is getting slow in his older age. You know, Craggs is really coming up. I don't think Hawk's slowing down at all. That's the crazy part. He's still he's still got an insane amount of points. He's got 57 points on the season in 45 games. Craggs is 44 and 45. He's catching up though. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's crazy. But it's, it's wild. But with that there, Hawk gets his going to the third period. Bliss gets his 15th of the season. He's really 
really found his footing in Toledo this season. It's pretty darn impressive. You know, he comes up here and he'll get a few points here and there. He's not the offensive powerhouse in Grand Rapids like he is in Toledo. Hopefully, maybe one day that'll translate. But dude is killing it right now. And game winner, 18 minutes, 42 seconds into the third. Ian gets his 18th of the season with Craig's assisting on that one as well, getting another point there. And the Walleye end up coming out of this game winning 4-3. to three. It's a close one, but they get the win. The weirdest part is Toledo, 34 shots on goal. Kalamazoo only 22. So John Lethemann goes 19 for 22 in this game. Again, not anything really crazy impressive. His numbers have been okay. Not It's no 40 shots against. Thank God. Thank God they put a stop to that with this game. But, man, another close one. And yeah, the the common team with it's funny to watch the, like all three teams now is like the Walleye, Grand Rapids, and Wings, and you see the same problems throughout all three teams. Um, Grand Rapids has been able to do a pretty good job of starting on time, but the Walleye just the first period they you know just send it in. I guess they're kind of maybe they're more on their heels of like trying to figure out the other team. I don't know, but like again, this team starts slow, they get punched in the face, and then they. You know, they figure out how to put it together. Um, and they get, I mean, they get this one in overtime or sorry, late, late in the game. Yeah. I mean, it should be noted as well. You know, we talked about it with the Griffins in tonight's game in Cleveland. Toledo goes 0 for 4 on the power play in this one. Kalamazoo goes 1 for 2. Like, so, you know, the Toledo, while I do win this game, they win it by 1, but going 0 for 4 on the power play at home. Yeah. No out of character for this team. Like, We'll, talk, we'll, we'll dive into that more. Let's get into Saturday's game. Saturday, the fish head up to Kalamazoo. It's Kalamazoo's pink ice night. You know, it's yeah. that ice was pink, man. It was very pink. <laughs> like, I've seen, like, they do the, the colored ice before. And, you know, you see, like, at least the blue lines etched out, the center lines etched out. You know, you can, so you can see all those. Uh, pink ice, it's just the gold creases and the blue line. Everything else is invisible. They just go all in. And it was super weird. You know, the walleye wearing their whites. Kalamazoo had some, like, black jerseys they were wearing in this one. And or I don't think they were black. I think they were, like, dark blue. But from the camera view, it looked black. Um, they really popped on that pink ice, man. You could see every move they were making. But all I can imagine that anytime a walleye player fell down is there's just a pink streak on that jersey somewhere. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy. But, yeah, Bednar gets to start in this one. and. You know, just like in, in Toledo. Well, not just like in Toledo, but first period goes by. Shots tied 9-9. Nine to nine, Goals 0-0. Zero to zero. Pretty clean first period uh, for the walleye, but a really slow start. Like you just talked about, they usually come out really fast and they go for it. It was kind of slow in this one. Uh, Kalamazoo gets the only goal of the second period. And then Toledo finally turns it on in the third. Trenton Bliss gets his 16th of the season. Back-to-back nights with goals for Bliss there. Love to see that. Kalamazoo does come back, though, about five minutes later. and gets another one, takes the lead again. And then Oren Sintazo gets his 16th of the season on a really weird goal where the goaltenders got to tend the goal, man. It it (laughs) happens. It happens. Um, And that's it for regulation in this one. They go to overtime. You know, we are in the middle of following a crazy Grand Rapids weekend, back-to-back overtimes, back-to-back shootouts for Grand Rapids. And I remember looking down at my phone at the game on Saturday night going, you got to be kidding me, Toledo's doing it too. 
So they go to overtime, and unfortunately, a minute and fifty nine seconds of this one into this one, Kalamazoo takes the W. Lido gets a point. Going to be able to take three points from Kalamazoo, I guess, is a positive with how they've played against them this season. But they do drop this one. Kalamazoo wins the season series. And Toledo goes home confused, I think. I think all the fans go home confused. I'm confused. It's weird. The funny, like, the funny part when I look at the stat sheet for this game is, like, I'm used to seeing ECHL games, especially between these two teams, and you look at the penalties sheet, and you see a little bit of a lengthy list. There was two penalties in this entire game. One on Toledo, one on Kalamazoo. Nothing else. No roughing, no coincidental roughings, no fighting, nothing. There was a cross-checking penalty and a tripping penalty. That was it. So without watching this game in full outside of highlights, I can only assume the refs let them play, but it should be noted. Toledo's one power play opportunity did not convert. 0 for 6 on the weekend. Again, out of character. Yeah, this was actually a game that I had circled. I wanted to go to this game. Uh, I wanted to take Maria to because it was pink ice night. So I thought it was kind of cool. I've never seen the colored ice yet. Uh, and I'm sure she, she hasn't either. Uh, but we watched the highlights. And it, yeah, you're right. That, that it was very pink. And the goal creases were very white. <laughs> or very like white <laughs> and blue. Like you could really tell. Um but it, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know why Toledo, I don't know if they're starting to figure out how to play Kalamazoo and that's why like they're getting closer. I, I don't know. It's, I feel like this team should be more of a rivalry than what you probably see with the other, you know, the other teams um, in Ohio, but uh, very odd, very odd to see. Uh, but they're still like at the top of their division, right? That's what like, I was going to say here is like, like they're still number one in the central, but. Is the central that week? No. Not by any means. Uh, Central's definitely not I mean, I just look. I mean, I'm just going to base this off of one stat when I look at it in the top two teams in the central and their goal differential. Toledo, 188 to 146, and then Wheeling, 164 to 132. Like, those top two teams are, they're they're kind of wagons, man. But, you know, you look at the whole conference and Toledo's still third in the West. Wheeling's right behind them there. You got Idaho and Kansas City ahead of them. You got Indies catching up to uh, Wheeling. You know they're four points behind. But I mean, I say the sta- I say the standings every episode. We talk about Toledo, and they haven't really moved. It's just kind of stayed stagnant. But the teams behind them are catching up. I mean, yeah, we got to look at the Walleyes' past ten games here, and this is what's important when you talk about Toledo: is they're three, three, two, and two in their last ten games. That's not yeah, okay. anything like what we've talked about recently. Yes, they have a you know six-game point streak going, just like Grand Rapids has a ten-game point streak going. But I don't know with what we with what we expected going into the season. The past couple of weeks have been rough, uh, and hopefully it's just a little you know it's a little rough patch. Like we say rough, but they're still third in the Western Conference. Like they're still leading their division. If the Griffiths were doing this right now, we'd be we'd be screaming from the top of the roofs, you know. Like, oh yeah. But the standard in Toledo this season is set at a new level. Like, yeah. The expectations for this team are championship or nothing. And as we dive more and more into this, you know, luckily, you know, we have a great friend down in Toledo, Travis, there, who's been helping us out with the coverage of this team, giving us notes and everything. But the more and more we pay attention to this, like. This is going to get intense, and it'll be really interesting to see how one of the youngest teams in the ECHL 
handles that pressure as we get towards the postseason here. Because you do have to remember, this is extremely young for an ECHL team. It's so crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I we need to sit down and we need to circle a game to be able to go out to Toledo to the bank take. But uh, it's not really dicey right now. <laughs> the way that they're playing and the streak that they're on. So, uh, I mean, maybe we I would say it's not enticing. It's always enticing to go to the bank tank. I mean, we do love that place. <laughs> But I, I get what you're saying. I mean, well, hey, our Mr. first ever game, game was a loss. Like, you know, yeah. we've only ever been there once, and they did lose in the shootout in that one. So it's unfortunate. But it's, I don't know, man. It's weird. This is, we do need to find a game for sure. This is, it is just weird when I look at this and I look at their roster, man. It, it, it's, it's young, but it, it's, it's strong. It's filled with a lot of talent. And, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they can figure it out here. I mean, goaltending hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been great, and they definitely, uh, definitely need to figure it out there on that end. But I think it's going to come down to team defense, and it's a lot of what we've seen in the past with Slido. A lot of offense, but the uh, opponents' opportunities to go the other way are usually odd man rushes, and we see it in Grand Rapids here as well. You know, you talk about Dan Watson set up with the team; it's about the same thing. You get a lot of odd man rushes, but the offense at the same time is kind of suffocating. And they can go in there and do a lot of damage really quickly. Look at what we do in the third period here. And when I talk also about Toledo being you know one of the youngest teams, they're the 10th youngest team in the ECHL with an average age of 25.21 years old. Kalamazoo is actually the oldest average team in the ECHL. But, I mean, overall, again, they're still first in their division. They're third in the conference if the sky is not falling they will figure it out and if there's any team with like a core group of leadership on the ice not just on the bench but on the ice that can figure this out it's the Toledo walleye i mean the guys that they have there to, to lead this team deep into the playoffs they're the right guys there hawkins himself is gonna is gonna be the leader on this team that this team needs and it's i don't think unless i've missed something Toledo is still not named a captain this season. They are still rolling with four A's. And from the outsider's perspective, again, we don't watch every single game. We try our best, but the Brandon Hawkins not wearing that C on his chest yet, I do not understand. Somebody's got to pull this team out. They got to pull them out of this funk. I mean, I think this is probably where Pat's trying to figure out who's going to do it. Who's going to grab these guys and by the collar and say, hey, we got to wake up. You know, we're on this weird streak. And it's not like last year at this time, there was a lot of movement between Grand Rapids and Toledo. We were sharing a lot of players back and forth right around this time. Injuries were happening. We're, Toledo was signing guys off the street. <laughs> like, the, from, like it was it was crazy. I'm like, where do they come from? Like, where do these guys come from? Um, but the local beer league, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> like, a lot of really young college kids, man, that hadn't played a pro game yet. Yeah, and like this team seems like the core is still there. Everybody's like clicking. It's just it's something's not meshing. I don't I don't know what it is. It's it's odd. It's odd to go. They built up such a great like big lead at the beginning of the season, and to, to now like hopefully you know they're not getting that chipped away. Because I know Wheeling like Wheeling has won twelve straight. So I mean it's they cut the division lead to five. It's getting close. Uh, they need to they need to start paddling again. I guess paddling swimming upstream <laughs> they need to start swimming um 
yeah, it's it's odd. I I mean, I was hoping to catch them when they were in Kalamazoo, but uh, Maria was on call, so I'm going to throw her on the bus. It uh, didn't get called into work. So hopefully <laughs> we uh, can make our trip to there to T-Town. Smartest guy ever to throw his girlfriend under the bus on a podcast, so she'll definitely hear. Yeah, right before Valentine's Day. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> Wait, this will come out after, so we're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're good. It's in the clear. It happened before, but it didn't. Right. I need the I need the the ting noise they use for Josh's wink every time at the Griffins, right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird too. Like I say, you know, Toledo is lost the season series to Kalamazoo. They still have games against Kalamazoo coming up. They play them this Saturday. They play Cincinnati in Cincinnati on Friday, and then Kalamazoo in Kalamazoo on Saturday. But they lost the series. Like, there's just no way for them to come yep. back to get that. I know. That's what's unfortunate. I think just a very quick glance at the schedule. There's this game, and then there's two more games against Kalamazoo. There's one more at home, one more away um, for this season for them. But there's a guy I want to talk about on this team, which we've already talked about him once tonight. But, you know, we talk, we talk about the plus-minus stat, and, you know, it's not an all, end-all, be-all stat. It's not the best stat. But when there's an outlier, it should be recognized, right? Yeah. In a positive light here, Sam Craggs, when you're talking about offense, right, second scoring on the team, usually when you have that, there's a downside on the defense, right? You usually see, like, on the Griffins, some of our top scorers are usually, like, a plus one or two or they're a minus one or two or a minus four, you know, depends on what it is. Sam Craggs with his 44 points, so 23 goals, 21 assists, is a plus 21 on the team, with the next closest person being a plus 15. And that's a defenseman. Wow. Like the breakout season this guy has had this year for this team. Like he was kind of like a mid-range offensive player last year for them. You know, we had, you know, we had his brother here in Grand Rapids at one point. You know, and Sam wasn't one of the ones we saw in come even make a sniff in Grand Rapids. And um, I, I mean, look at his stats last year. Okay, you can see why. But this year, you're like, holy, holy smokes, kid. Like, plus 21 and 44 points in 45 games. That's that's some pretty darn impressive stat. And only 22 penalty minutes on the season in the ECHL. Like, talk about a responsible player. Not just, you know, generating offense, but he's playing smart on each side of the puck. That's impressive. Yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, uh, I, I wonder yeah. what what's happened with him of how so how old is Sam? He's twenty-seven. He's in the little bit of the older side there, unfortunately. Um but, that's odd. I mean I know it's weird because like you look at his stats over the years, again. Not a bad player in every any season by any means, but with 60 games last year with the walleye, he had 20 points. In 45 this year, he has 44 points. <laughs> this is his career. This is his career high points in any league or team he's played with, at least from what elite prospects tells me. So like I would love to know what happened. I mean, he's on a he's on pace right now for 71 points this season. That's a lot. When his highest career points from literally from playing under 16 hockey to now, from what I can see track, was 28 points. 
He's on Jeez. pace for 71. Insanity is all that is. Insanity. Like the turnaround there. Toledo cannot be happier with what this kid has done this season. He could not put a puck or a point up for the rest of the season, and he still had a successful season at this point. Oh, yeah. It's wild. I wonder what's changed. I what well, did. I mean, you probably spend a good amount of time with Brandon Hawkins. It'll help. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he wasn't playing with Hawk last year, as far as I know, at least this much. So that 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 will help. But at the same time, it's not just one guy making the difference there. I mean, he's did there's he play three out three about him this year? Ooh, Sam. Yeah. No, he, he didn't do that three ice. Yeah. Uh, Hawk did the three ice tournaments in the summer, but uh, he, Sam did not. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's wild, absolutely wild. And just to remind you that Brandon Hawkins is on pace for ninety-one points this season. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that would only be ten points higher than what he got uh, last year. This team is so weird. Like, I wonder what the, what's going on. I love the ECHL, man. It's a wild place. It's so much fun. I wish we could get more in depth with this team sometimes because the ECHL, if you don't follow it closely, you should just follow the Twitter page of the Walleye and you'll 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 be impressed. Like the goals some of these guys can score are incredible. And not even to mention that, like the goaltending we still see from some of these guys too. You know, like we said, this is an off year for Letheman in comparison to last season. But Jan Bednar, I mean, still, he's 2.97 goals against and .887 save percentage. That's not as good as it was last time we talked. But at the same time, he's been playing well. I mean, Letheman, 3.09 goals against and a .886 save percentage. That's just so not even close to what he was near last year. I really wish I knew the difference there. That's where I'm like. That's the biggest difference on this team. Yeah. Goaltending. And defense. I mean, at the same time, that's all we hear from our Toledo friends is, oh, we need defense. If you got an extra one up in Grand Rapids, send them down, you know, like. Well, we we did. (laughs) You did. We took him right back. (laughs) We don't have much now. Yeah. And they can't have him back. They can't have Tua back. Oh, I wasn't talking about Tua. I was talking about Vero or McIsaac or anybody else that's been buried right now. I mean, honestly, I don't understand why they haven't sent these guys down to like get them some playing time. The the t it's the same system. It's the same. It's get them some playing time. Well, we don't know help. if Vero is still injured. We we don't know that. Yeah, that's, that's he crazy. potentially could be when he comes back. Could I see that happening? Hundred percent. And I think Toledo fans would be. We'd hear him screaming from up here. Like they they really want him back, and he played extremely well for them. He was a fun watch down there. You just think about guys that we lost in the shuffle, like Seth Barton, who who played extremely well in Toledo as well. Like, what's I don't know what he's up to. I'm not gonna go dig for his stats right now, but like, he come back to Toledo too. That would be fun. But there's one thing I wish I really wouldn't have pulled up, and it was the comparison to John Letham's stats from last year to this year. Do you want to know? Yeah, go ahead. You got him up. 26 games played with the walleye last year, not including the playoffs. He was a 1.99 goals against in a dot nine three zero save percentage. And this year he's three games less than what he played last season. And he's at a 3.09 goals against 
and a dot eight eight six save percentage. So it sounds like he's playing more this year than he was last year, and maybe he's got Correct. more burnout. Which is weird because this is the part of the season last year where it started to really split between him and Sebastian Cosa. Yeah, and they've split between Jan Bednar and Letheman all season. So it's weird. Something don't add up there. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder because. Red Wings goaltending coach was spending a lot of time in Toledo last year. Is he not spending a lot of time in Toledo this year? That is an interesting question because, yeah, I'm one. That's that's. I wonder if that's the key right there, which is weird because Lethman's under a, a Wings contract. Yes, but yeah, I I think the question mark around the development and the goaltending coach side of things that was getting exposed to John Lethman last year to not this year. Again, we don't know, but I can only assume that the Red Wings goalie staff's not spending as much time in Toledo this season. Their their interests are not there. They're in Grand Rapids right now, unfortunately. Sorry to Lethman and Bednar. Not that Bednar is not somebody to keep a close eye on still for down the road possibilities, but He's someone that could end up in Grand Rapids at some point. So for us, he's a very crucial piece to pay attention to. But I, I, I would love to know the answer to that question. That's uh, that's when I think after saying that out loud, unfortunately, Toledo fans are going to start going, oh, yeah. Yeah, where's Bob? That makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know. With that, though, like I said, the Toledo Walleye have two games coming up this weekend, Cincinnati and Kalamazoo. Hopefully, they can just jump into their winning ways here. We need another, like, 9-1 to one game. Those are way more fun to talk about than these close <laughs> games or these losses. I need some more of those in my life. I know that's not realistic to always have, but they're more fun. Outside of that, man, anything else on the Walleye from you? No. No, nothing more on the Walleye. It's Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting point to bring up at the end. <laughs> like... Where is yeah? Bob if you stuck around this long to listen to that, now you can scratch your head too and go, "Huh? What do you know?" But thank you again, as always, Travis, for updating us and keeping us updated on the wallet. We appreciate you, sir. And uh, yeah, looking forward to another weekend. I'll have some uh, some time to hopefully watch one of the wallet games this weekend. So we'll see what happens. So anything else you want to talk about tonight, sir? Before we wrap this up, yeah, let's pivot real quick to the NHL. So. What a friends reference ahead of friends night this weekend. Well, just bring your friends and we'll, we can talk all about it. Uh, your this is some crazy, like the world of hockey was nuts this week. Um, and we're not even going to touch on one of the bigger subjects from yesterday on Saturday night, in case you missed it. Uh, an Ottawa Senators player decided to absolutely blast a puck into the Toronto Maple Leafs empty net and it caused division between all hockey fans. No. Uh, it caused Morgan Riley to lose control of his thought process and go cross-check this player into the head. And that's not okay. We saw Perron do it when he got upset about Larkin, and we all agreed that he overreacted there. Uh, Morgan Riley doing this is an overreaction as well. And, uh, well, he uh, is getting, getting some time for that one. He's suspended for five games. And uh, what was Perron's was five games as well, right? Yeah, five games. I I know he uh, he argued against it, but I think they still gave him five because by the time they, they haven't got even to actually it, processed the appeal for his yet, it's still in limbo. Perron to get paid for it. Yeah, for him oh. to get paid for those five, that appeal still has not been reviewed by the league. Jesus, 
But so he got five games for that. And when you think about the situation, yes, it was an innocent bystander when he turned around, he saw this guy standing over his captain who's unconscious on the ice and he his wires crossed and he boom, headshot. Mark and Riley got his feelings hurt <laughs> and did the same thing and got the same time. I, I, I think it should have been six. I think it should have been more. Um, I mean, for him to empty net, <laughs> like, slap shot it in. I like it. I think it's funny. I, I think it's funny. Uh, I hate that it was Ottawa versus Toronto to do it. Um, that's the part that I hate. Um, I'm okay with Morgan Riley like going after him, punching him. Not okay about cross checking to the head. Like he could have taken care of it a little differently. But uh, yeah, I think he should have got more games because it was targeted, right? And but at the same point, like the players are going to govern themselves, and he he did what he you know he stood up for his team. He he got his hurt, his feelings hurt. So to me, I thought it was the whole situation was funny. I thought it was too because I hate both teams. Uh, one I hate one more than the other for sure. But uh, to see them both just kind of have a meltdown like that, like it was pretty funny to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, now Toronto is without one of their, if not their best defensemen for the next five games. Ooh, which is and good for us. It was great for us, but at the same time, like. The clip I saw that went around afterwards was, of course, they had to interview Ryan Reeves about this and ask what, what his thoughts on it. And he's like, what do you what do you expect him to do? go play patty cake with him? Like, no, I expect him to go hit him, but not a cross check to the head. Right. Like, it's just another example of Ryan Reeves, like just justifying cross checks and hits to the head. Like, just garbage. I don't for a guy that's played maybe a handful of games this year and has less hits on anyone that Elias Pedersen does. Jesus. Uh, it's a, a lot of talk coming from a guy who hasn't really done much this year when he was brought into it, that team to be that guy. And yeah, funny enough, but even funnier than that whole situation happening, our friends at Everything Hockey decided to make the Empty Netter Slapshot shirt and they had it out and available for purchase already. This whole thing happened within like six hours. So they don't screw around. And also you can go order that shirt and wear it in front of your Toronto Maple Leafs friends and make them even more upset. Make sure you use code West when you do it. You get 10% off the hoodie. Definitely mm. worth your time doing that. You could also get it in Toronto blue. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I didn't see. I love them so much. They're somebody, so. Somebody uh, asked for it. And they go, you could request it. It'll be available. <laughs> everything hockey. Not just great partners, but fantastic trolls too. We love you guys. Thank you. Uh, I, I was so mad that they came out too. Cause I definitely, uh, Remember I told you I had ordered from them more. I screwed up that order and it never went through. So I eventually put that order through. I put it through yesterday at 6 o'clock. That hoodie was available at 8. Uh, I was like, dang I, it. I, I would have gotten one in Toronto blue and wore it next time we interviewed Tyler. <laughs> I'm trying to save for jerseys. The, the, the big jerseys are coming up, so I cannot buy any some, hoodies right now. Some big Griffiths jerseys coming up. I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. We'll talk about those more later, but with that, you have anything else you want to talk about today, sir? Are you ready for bed? Ready for bed. Bring your friends to Friday's game. See the couch. Sit on the couch. Can you sit on the couch? I don't know. The, it's friends night on Friday is what he was trying to say. <laughs> they, they did it The last friends couch year. will be in the arena. If it will be on the ice, we don't know. 
I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to grab a hat, so hopefully somebody can grab me a hat. I would I would might trade a toaster's jersey for a hat and mug if somebody got it. Serious offer, folks. He's he's being serious. I saw that look on his face. The friend's hat is cool. I'll give him that. But uh yeah, you will friend's couch will be in the arena. What? You're gonna give me yours? It's not my style of hat, honestly. So I probably would, if you, you ask you, really nicely. My style of hat is my style <laughs> of hat is more like this. You know, this nice tiger's hat. I had to rep the tigers today. Pitchers and catchers report uh, tomorrow. So baseball season's got around the corner here as well, which means springs around the corner, which means playoff hockey's around the corner. If both of our teams are in playoff positions as we speak right now. It's it's a great day. It's a great way to end this episode. So thank you everyone for tuning in to the Thursday episode. We appreciate everyone. Appreciate the Hockey Podcast Network for being great partners. Appreciate DraftKings and Everything Hockey for being amazing sponsors. Thank you to our two page, our, our Patreon listeners, Michael Sate and Randy Zick. Yes, thank you guys. And thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate all of you. I want to do one shout out to my mom. It was her birthday. I think she's turning 40. Happy birthday, Nick's mom. Everyone drop that in the comments. Know your mom jokes. Just happy birthday, Nick's mom. Yep. With that, everybody, have a fantastic weekend. Go Griffins. Go Wings. Go Walleye. We will talk to y'all on Monday. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.